0: Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives, so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. My name is Kelly Pappas, licensed certified professional midwife. And I'm her
1: psychic Piffy. We're here to talk about preparing for menopause.
0: I love that we are doing this. We so often talk to women, like, even before they get pregnant. We're like, you should know about pregnancy before you get pregnant. And I know a lot of our listeners are sort of in the stage of childbearing years. But this is the next stage of life. Yeah, and we get to... You know,
1: every so often we have a woman in perimenopause or menopause or postmenopause who comes in to see us in person and is like, you help with other women's stuff. Like, surely you can help me with this, right? And we're like, yeah. yeah and it's so great because yeah. there's so much universal application, which is most of what we're going to talk about today.
0: Yeah. I The more I learn about menopause, the more, I mean, it's similar with birth, right? I'm like, more people need to know about this, right? More people need access to this information or any kind of female health stuff anyway. So this is uh, pretty exciting to be able to focus an episode on it.
1: Yeah. And let women just have a moment to gain some knowledge that demystifies much of it because I think menopause is kind of like associated or at least I have previously associated it with this mystery of like getting older and we don't know exactly (laughs) what happened
0: but it sounds terrible. But it sounds right? terrible,
1: and yeah. how how uh, similar that is to so many other topics that we end up talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I want to read a review. Yeah, you do. I want to <laughs> read a review. I have been waiting all week to read this review. This comes from Mindful Mama. No, oh, she gave five stars. I understand why you're reading it now. Therefore, I will read the review. She she titled her review "My Number One Podcast Recommendation." Wow. Number one. There's a lot of podcasts out there. She's trying to get two drinks out of us. Yeah, I, think. I hear that. Okay, Kelly and Tiffany are my number one resource for all things related to being a woman. I have been a listener since the beginning. Ooh, the cricket episode. <laughs> and have learned so much about trying to conceive, pregnancy, postpartum, balancing hormones, and more naturally minded living. Not only do they give valuable information with actionable steps, but they are so fun mm-hmm. to listen to. I feel like I'm hanging out with girlfriends who are so full of wisdom. Anytime something seems wonky with my cycle or body, I research all the podcasts again and their Instagram page. Two life-changing things I've taken away. Seed cycling and wearing socks to sleep. <laughs> I used to have terrible headaches around ovulation and consistently seed cycling for the last six months has slowly decreased the headaches. And I have now had two months headache free. Let's go. Oh cannot thank you enough for all the great information you share i only wish i could have you as my midwives in person
0: dang man that is exactly
1: why we do this podcast thank you mindful mama that was super sweet i
0: love these stories you guys Mm -hmm. i love it love it love it please keep sharing yeah that was uh very encouraging to my heart and my soul why we do this love it and it's like yeah, we want to be like your friends who are like, Yeah, we're just hanging out, but we're also dropping some knowledge here.
1: I mean, like, we know some stuff. We know some stuff. Want to share that. Can't keep it to myself because I don't do half the stuff myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good idea, guys, but socks to sleep and okay. food cycling.
1: A spring is like in full swing, and I am not mad about it. It's springing. This time last week, mm. it was raining
0: like a drainin. It was, and I know, I think a lot of people who live other places are like, you don't get to talk because you live in San Diego, but there's like a blessing and a curse to that, right? You sort of, you expect it to be nice.
1: We are not equipped for mal weather.
0: Yes, but it was raining for a long time. Yeah, you
1: guys, it was like three days in a row. Well,
0: I mean, you know, maybe four. (laughs) Okay, but ever since it
1: stopped raining, Kelly and I are in our yard every single day yeah. hurting ourselves uh-huh. making progress
0: my nails are still dirty so are my feet right now dude look at my feet oh yeah those are worse than mine it's really <laughs> disgusting yeah.
1: that's um, a sign of a good day it's such a good day i was spray paintings some lawn furniture oh porch that. porch furniture outdoor furniture what do you call that
0: Pat- patio patio furniture. furniture lawn furniture is lawn <laughs> that's a little, little different maybe crack open a natty ice sit down with a known
1: okay so like all things in my home improvement realm i go to the hardware store i get the supplies i need okay the amount of spray paint i thought i needed versus what i actually needed and now i have to make a third trip btw (laughs) i think if i would have bought
0: a whole new set of furniture it may have been cheaper at this point (laughs) would have been easier at the very least yeah that's the story of my diy life oh this will be pinterest made it look easy this is a whole can of spray paint of course it's gonna yep no we'll see
1: but in the moment i was not mad about it because i think i was getting high on (laughs) the spray paint fans i was remembering (laughs) My favorite favorite show in my early like twenties was yeah. Intervention. Did you ever watch oh that? Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. And like those huffers. The huffers yeah, <laughs> I could
1: just never get I could never understand the huffing. Yeah, they would they use stuff that would like clean your
0: keyboard or something. Yeah. Like, I remember a specific yeah. episode about this one girl. That, that's funny. Oh, and
1: there's a lady, the keyboard cleaner lady. She was Oh, she's lady crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, crazy.
1: It was fascinating. Fascinating stuff. That was a good one. Anyway, I think I'm I'm gonna good get in my sauna bag tonight. Good. That's- I can detox some <laughs> of <idea>. that. <laughs> Still feeling just real good
0: about it's it. It's really also. funny though when you're even though you're outside, you're like, Nope, I'm a little too close. I'm a little too yep. close.
1: Yeah. My, 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 this is me after I wash my fingers. Yep. Could it have looks worn like gloves. But it wasn't gonna be messy, so I was just gonna quickly no. go through twelve cans. and spray paint just real quick. <laughs> real quick. Okay, so here is a quote from an article in the British Psychological Society publication. Which is how you know it's true
0: and important.
1: It truly just is a a place where I want to jump off here, okay? The authors in this article say, In Western societies, women tend to be valued for their physical and sexual attractiveness, reproductive capacity, and youthfulness. Aging is often viewed negatively among women and wider society. Huh? End
0: quote. Yep. That's the
1: end of this episode. It's potentially a really old quote because it includes reproductive capacity. Part of our, what we are valued for. Yes, right. But in the explanation of like how we get changes of life specifically menopause which is supposed to be like the great change of life mm-hmm. so wrong yeah is because this is so true like the way that we even view ourselves and our own bodies there's no context in our communities and society for the beauty of being outside of childbearing years
0: yeah and that's something i really want to lean into as i get older like i don't know i'm almost 40 And I've been thinking about that more of just like there's a there's a next season whenever that, you know, happens. But there's this next season that I don't want to feel like I'm being dragged against my will into like this is a normal, natural process. We talk with our daughters about puberty like, yeah, there's something going on in your body and you may not really be quite ready for it or quite want that. But like, here's where you are and here's the beauty of what you get to experience in this season and the normalcy of that. Yet we don't apply that for older women.
1: No, we don't. And in fact, like we're completely obsessed if we're not paying attention or even accidentally obsessed with trying not to age.
0: Oh, 100%. I noticed that. I'll like look back at pictures even like six years ago and I'm like, oh man, there's been a lot of life that has happened in my face right, or in my body. And that is actually true. There's been a lot of life. And I'm like, I don't need to be, you know, trying to hide that. Yeah, there's good and hard, and that is not something I want to take for granted. That is a blessing to be able to be living it. Agreed, hundred yeah. percent.
1: So if you guys don't like that, turn off this episode. <laughs> You're gonna hate everything we have to share after this. If we get on a soapbox at the beginning, yep. then you just know.
0: I will say, I remember being young, and my mom had this book on menopause. On her side, on like the side table. Called The Change or like the Greatest Change or something like that. It had like a green. Anyway, it was also in the movie Father of the Bride, I think part two, where she thinks she's going through menopause, but she's actually pregnant. Yeah. Right? yeah yes, yes. And so I remember like putting that together of like, oh, but my mom would never she'd never really talked to No, 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 of course not. There were, I mean that was like trekked for life, but I just remember being like, ooh. There's like a big change. This is really it just seemed again like very secretive. So yes, I wonder what this big
1: change yeah, is it's all about. Exciting. Nothing about my mom ever changes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's part of the problem. Enough. Okay. Here is here are some quick wins for women across all life stages and changes. Yep. A few weeks ago on Instagram, we shared night sweat remedies. Yeah. And women lost their minds. Yep. They were like, I cannot actually
0: believe that there's something that you can do about this. Because you just assume this is part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So,
1: like, I guess the the really big experiences of night sweats are postpartum, mm-hmm. like especially immediate postpartum, and then menopause. Yep. We have, like, hot flashes, night sweats yep. coming again. So, obviously, there's something physiological going on there. But mm-hmm. here are six natural night sweat remedies for you.
0: Ooh, Yeah.
1: Number 1, omega 3. Number 2, strawberry leaf. You can get that as an herbal leaf tea or tincture. Mm-hmm. Beet root. Mm-hmm. Like a powder. Yeah, beets ground into powder. Can put it in anything. Hops. I like this one as a tincture. Yep. Lemon balm. Tincture or tea. And then finally number 6, motherwort. Motherboard, sure. That's
0: a, that's a great. Li- that's
1: a great list. Yep. So these are all known to help regulate the hormonal and detox components that create a night sweat issue,
0: and really worthy items to mess around with. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. to assess, like which one is right for me. Lemon balm is my jam, all the way around. It's very calming.
1: It's a good one to just. It's a. It, it's like well-rounded remedy. Yep. Jack really good
0: trade for
1: relaxation, sleep, mood stuff,
0: anxiety. I use it with my kids when they're sick, like a little feverish. Like, it's helpful. I love it. Yeah. Good work. Okay, mm-hmm. so
1: you guys can tuck that into your pocket and let's jump into perimenopause. What does that even mean? It's essentially around menopause. <laughs>
0: Perry, going go. around. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, that's an it, it's a good place to start because I think women are like, either you're childbearing or you're in menopause, right? But there is this somewhat confusing time that sort of reminds me of that postpartum time where you're like, what exactly is happening with my body and what is it trying to tell me? Because things aren't as consistent as they were before where there are some signs like, maybe I might be. Oh, no, I'm not quite yet. Oh, but I see how maybe I might be, right? And so that's like kind of a cyclical thing.
1: Yes. And like there's many places in our reproductive cycle where we experience this puberty, pregnancy, lactation, postpartum, Mm -hmm. pregnancy again, fertility returning. Right. So there's there's many touch points in our cycle as women where we experience these changes and shifts and transition, which, of course, is purposeful. Yes, we know it's purposeful in every single instance that I just shared and so then we can also trust and believe that the symptoms that surround coming into menopause is something that the body wants to make us aware of the changes happening. Mhm. It's good word. Here's the here's the, one of a crazy way to like consider this time of life. The average onset for menopause for women is 51. Google says the average life expectancy of a woman is 83. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about 52 years you will be in menopause. Not 52. I was like, that, that, that math. I'm doing a lot of spray Okay. Per- we're in like, the thir- like 30, 30, 30. 30. 32. 32, years. Yeah, yeah. 32. Yes. Not 50. 32 years. A third of your life, you are yeah. in menopause. Yeah. So, a long, it's a long time. Yeah. It's not like you just are like doing your whole life. Then you go through menopause and then you die, which sometimes is the way that I think yeah, about right. it. Menopause is right before you yeah. die.
0: No. But it's not
1: really an event. It's a process. Yes. And getting to that place of menop- being in menopause, so your premenopause or your perimenopausal, is usually takes about seven or ten years.
0: Yeah, which is sort of mind blowing to think about. So if you're the average age is what, fifty, what'd you say? One fifty-one. Okay. So if you're thinking of seven this year, right? Like your mid-forties, you I mean, we've taken care of women who are pregnant in their mid-forties, and we've been and we have taken care of well-woman clients who are in perimenopause in their mid forties. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Kind of wild. Uh, so let's define that a little bit. So the the definition of menopause is An entire year, 12 full months of having no period makes you officially in
0: menopause. Yeah. And we even had somebody who came in who was at like eight months or something and then had one. She's I was just like wrapping my head around. I was here and now I'm not really here. It can be a little confusing for sure.
1: Yeah, and and so as these period and hormone irregularities start to happen, the average time that women kind of go into that perimenopausal season is age 44 to 55. Mm-hmm. And you can have premature menopause, which is, you know, that happening much before that, which can be related to autoimmune disease, thyroid conditions, adrenal health, those kinds of things. So if you go into menopause early, You've got to go get some stuff checked out and make sure that it's not, yeah, you know, clinical concern.
0: Yeah. And I've had friends who have decided to get their ovaries taken out due to, you know, certain types of cancer and things like that. And that's been an important piece of, uh, like, their their healthcare providers talking with them, but also them coming to me and be, I just want to make sure I'm, like, supporting myself because I'm going to be in menopause for, you know. Half my life, yeah, like twenty extra years than what I originally thought, right? Yeah, that is nuts. That's yeah. a lot. That's a, a big one. It's a whole other episode, as we like yes, to say around yes, right yes. here.
1: Okay, so the so the reason that the what's happening in your body during perimenopause, doing during premenopause, during menopause is the reduction of ovarian follicles. So things in your ovaries that essentially help to generate and turn out your best eggs i think when we're born there's like half a million great eggs in there and then as we age and you come to the end of your childbearing cycle what happens is your body recognizes that your egg quality is going down rapidly you only have like a like a couple thousand Mm -hmm. before you go into menopause And so what happens is your body is pushing out as many of those as possible to just try to get some good ones and just make, like, go out with the biggest bang possible. And so that jacks up your luteinizing hormone and your follicle-stimulating hormone. And because it's age-related, your estrogen and progesterone are going down. So that's what's happening hormone-wise and why it feels like a lot of fluctuation, but It causes a lot of symptoms, which we're going to get into, but also it causes a lot of irregularity in the cycle. And that is usually the first sign for women. They usually are not having hot flashes and such. It's usually Mm -hmm. their cycle starts to get somewhat irregular. And of course, you know, we over medicalize menopause just like we do everything else, women's health. So, if you find yourself in the middle of this experience and you don't have a grid for it because no one's ever told you, here how here's how to do this naturally and gracefully, you might think something's really wrong with you. Run off to your primary care provider, get on a bunch of hormones, mm-hmm. and sail into your sad little menopause sunset. Oh, Sad little menopause sunset. We don't want that for you. No, of course we don't. Nope. About... 80% of women experience a change in their cycle as, like, the first symptoms of yeah. menopause. Makes and sense. And what usually happens because of those hormonal
0: changes is that the period gets heavier and more frequent first. Which, given your explanation of what exactly is going on, makes perfect sense, right? All of those shifts in hormones, including your ovaries being like, come on, we can get a winner. Let's keep pushing them out, Right. Yeah. And so that just shortens your cycles up, makes them really
1: intense. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Nope. Um, and then after the after it goes through that cycle, then typically it goes to lighter and further apart ridge, mm-hmm. And that is kind of like what to
0: expect inside of that irregularity uh, cycle. I think that even if a listener is nowhere near this season of life, this information is just so helpful to give understanding and to give or to just to kind of like take away some of the stigma of what exactly is going on
1: absolutely yeah and what this will be demonstrated in the whole rest of what we have to say here but ladies you already know exactly how to handle this upcoming transition because we're gonna apply every single thing that we already know about taking great care of our bodies and it's not like you have a brand new body that's going through something really awful all of a sudden it's a transition right it's a process and so you're going to do exactly what you already know how to do to take care of yourself and i hope that it motivates women who are listening to take what is going on in their current season more seriously because there are implications for that moving into the rest of their life here are some symptoms of menopause. Hot flashes, night sweats, mood changes, vaginal dryness, cycle irregularities, urinary changes like frequency and urgency increasing, bleeding irregularities, so spotting in between your period cycle, depression, and insomnia. Those are the most common symptoms of menopause so no wonder it feels like a terrifying thing to go through
0: oh a hundred percent and no wonder most people are like what sounds terrible like i don't i don't want
1: yeah here's the thing though in my research it is actually documented in scientific literature that not all cultures report these symptoms in the same debilitating or negative way that western culture does that's fascinating and so you have to like you have to think if it was purely biological and hormonal then all women in all cultural all cultures would report something that is so much more similar yep but about 80 percent of western women say that they have some kind of negative experience with this set of symptoms and like 25 to 40 percent of women in Hmm. asian and indian and east asian cultures Say that they have a negative experience with this change. So it's like we're doubling the amount of grief that we have over
0: menopause compared to other cultures. And so it's, there's something there about like the way that we're thinking about it and approaching it. But then there's something also about what we're potentially doing to our bodies now, exposing our bodies now to and in that season and how it's, how that is being handled. There's just so many little layers there. That's that is a pretty staggering stat.
1: Yeah, and when you look at entire cultures, then you have to believe that it's something culturally yeah. representative, right? Some kind of lifestyle factor. We know what Western typical Western lifestyle is like, and we know all the areas that that really sucks for us as women, and it's an explanation for why some of us have a whole lot more hormonal symptoms than others and i think that that's a big part of looking forward to menopause is that same concept of what are we doing to nourish our hormones what are we doing to ease these transitions if there's something going on now in your hormone patterns it's probably not going to just sort itself out and leave you in (laughs) You know, 20th percentile of women who don't have a really difficult time with this transition. A little bit about hormone replacement
0: therapy. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to jump into it because I think this is what I was exposed to as like the way. This is the way.
1: Yeah, and it's controversial. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's going to be easy for everyone to know where we stand on it. (laughs) (laughs) because we don't see synthetic hormones or even biologically identical mm-hmm. hormones as being something that fixes the root cause of a hormone imbalance issue and so it's essentially it's a sit to me everyone can have their own opinion on it to me it is essentially the same thing as giving a teenager birth control
0: because of her the cramps that she has on her Period. Yeah, does the birth control synthetically mess with hormones so that that particular thing potentially goes away? Yeah, but is that what is actually needed? Root cause? Like it, it's this it's so true of any other. It is a it is a uh, hormonal imbalance in some way, right? Just like postpartum, there's some imbalance there because it's supposed to be there, right? And so there's a shift here that's happening that potentially is supposed to be there. All that being said, there are plenty of women who have chosen this and have been like, this has been such a huge lifesaver for me. But I I do want to encourage you to go deeper. Like, what actually is going on in terms of root cause symptomology and nourishing that piece?
1: Yeah, I mean, we are at a greater risk in certain areas as women when we lose the protective nature of estrogen. But it's biological, so we're mm-hmm. that is meant to be a part of how we age. And so a lot of people feel like get going on estrogen or doing a dual estrogen progesterone approach to hormone replacement therapy is somewhat protective. But the studies just don't back that up. I can see how in some individual cases, the same way that you might assess somebody for hormonal contraceptives, right. in individual cases I can see how a certain... Picture and the woman's desire to have a more Western Band-Aid approach to menopause, it's, right. could, it could be a great choice for her. But we know the women who are listening right now <laughs> are yes. like, "No, I want to hear my options." Mm-hmm. And so, the reason that we would dissuade our own clients from hormone replacement therapy is because it just seems like the risks outweigh the benefits. And there's one study that raises your breast cancer risk. Up 24%, heart disease, almost 30%, stroke, 40 wow. clots, and urinary incontinence are side effects of hormone replacement therapy, and your risk for dementia is double. That's... I didn't know that one. That's intense. That's terrifying. Yeah, for sure. And so instead of the concept of like, let's suppress or interrupt this... Mm-hmm synthetic hormone obviously we want to support what the body is already doing like we do with all other hormone balancing things so
0: yeah i don't think anybody's surprised that our take is let's support the natural uh transition that your body's already desiring to go through and so what does that look like you guys know it is going
1: ruthlessly Against your stress every single mm-hmm. day, right? Just tackling that over and over again. Refining your diet, getting your sleep dial down, movement, mm-hmm. gut health, mental health, keeping your environment clean, all of those things are the same tools you use to transition into the menopause well.
0: Yeah, all of those foundation. it sounds so boring, like, ah, that's not- you're not giving me something to like do, but actually, it's a huge amount and a worthy thing to lean into in all of your seasons of life but for sure these are the foundational things that we talk about with every well woman client of ours with everybody whenever we share stuff on instagram almost always just this like really foundational stuff and while that may not sound super sexy it is so necessary
1: absolutely like it
0: if it affects everything if you got those things stress diet sleep Cut health, movement, all of those things that you said, if you got those dialed in to a place of nourishing, I think that you would end up much closer to that 20% of women. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So some of
1: the things that are unique to menopause that are not a part of this foundational piece, uh-huh. but in addition to some of these foundational pieces is because as we're losing estrogen, we actually are at greater risk for heart disease we are at greater risk for bone density issues we're at greater risk for brain degeneration and so these are three of the top things that we need to be going into menopause with a plan for yeah so the same way that you preventatively manage disease in pregnancy Mm. or breastfeeding you know then we can be mindful of those pieces too what can we do in order to prevent disease processes while we're waiting for menopause.
0: Yeah. And as we talk about the things that we can kind of dial in, right, the stress, the diet, all those things, taking into account the things that you're more at risk for, you still just apply that to those foundational pieces.
1: Yes. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. With it in mind, mm-hmm. of like, oh, OK, well, now instead of, you know, trying to make sure that I've got all of my PMS remedy is on mm-hmm. board and now I need to make sure that I'm getting adequate calcium that mm-hmm. I'm doing weight-bearing exercise so I can keep my bone density up that I'm being really mindful of toxins in my environment and keeping my gut health well so that my you know brain can
0: continue to function at its best performance all of those kinds of things I want to I want to plug also I was researching for a client who was in menopause who was like I have heard multiple places that you can still seed cycle, like it's still helpful. And I was researching that there's a lot of weight behind that, even if you're cycling to still have that, like, kind of supportive piece in place. It's like nobody listening is surprised that I'm like, that's great. Of course, seed cycling is amazing, but that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We have a friend of ours who is like, go like heading toward later stage of fertility mm-hmm. exactly. that's a good way to say it exactly what her cycle patterns yes. are i'm yes. pretty sure she's still having her period every single month okay but she was told by her naturopath that someone and in, in her age which is like early 50s mm-hmm. should be cycling with flax through the entire seed cycle so she's like i love that you're seed cycling that's really great Someone in your age category needs to keep flax moving through both parts of the cycle. So just having flax every day. Every single day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And switching your luteal seed, but keeping flax inside of yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. So cool. I was like, that's that's awesome because it's very prostaglandin yeah. and progesterone happy. And
0: of course, we would want to continue yeah. that at a time where we're losing estrogen. Yeah, absolutely. That's just like a good little helpful piece to keep in your back pocket, but in general, like, oh, flax. Huh. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Even if I don't want a seed cycle, hey, flax may be flexible. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Absolutely. Great.
1: Okay, so I, I wanted to share about 7,000 more
0: things. Of course. In this episode. This was, at, in my humble opinion as the co-host of said episode, this was a great foundational episode, especially for... I mean, I know we have women who are like perimenopausal who do listen, but the majority of people who listen are not in that stage quite yet. And gosh, it's just like if somebody's in their early 20s dealing with period stuff and not in their not going to get pregnant in the near future, right? Hearing about birth stuff or pregnancy stuff who are like, yeah, oh, that's interesting. I'm exposed to something. And hopefully there's been some good seeds planted. Yeah, I
1: hope that too. And we'll talk on more of this mm-hmm. topic in the future. I, I do, I am thinking, and we can kind of gauge the audience for this, but because our postpartum hormone balancing class was such a huge success, women just came in absolute
0: droves. It was insane. It um, was really cool to see how many people who wanted more support and more information
1: i'm wondering if we created something like that but for this transition and this season if that's something that our audience would be interested in because i have so much more that i want to share i'm wondering if like a class yeah style would be a great would be a good way to to deliver that information let's do it okay so i'll put something in the show notes. it'll be some kind of interest thing so if you guys are listening to this and you're like actually i would really like Mm -hmm. to have a more formal education about that head to the show notes, click on the link go through whatever it is that i set up there it'll be a surprise for all of us it's (laughs) exciting and what i want to do is share on specific remedies for those symptoms like really solid diet ideas Mm -hmm. how to chart when you're perimenopause yeah libido issues supplements that women who are coming into menopause should be taking all that stuff. So also forward this to a friend mm-hmm. if you're thinking of someone who's who's in this stage, coming into this stage. I just would love to see and if it's popular enough then I'll throw something together that's a little bit more classy. You know me.
0: <laughs> Super classy. This is great. All well, right ladies. We'll we'll see you down in the show notes for a surprise. for you and we'll catch you next week. Bye.